Hi, welcome to 442 FM. Got something a bit different for you today because basically I'm the only man in Kazan that can speak English. So I've got nobody to talk to, nobody to interview. So instead, I'm going to read you a bit of a, do a bit of a letter from Kazan and uh, give you a taste of what the uh, the city's like and my experiences so far before everyone else turns up at the weekend. As my flight touched down in Kazan daylight at 1.50am, I wasn't sure if I'd missed the sunrise or if the sunset was still to come. It's not quite the land of the midnight sun, but sunshine at 2am reminds you, Kazan's a long way from Kansas, or Camaray. Australia's host for the 2018 World Cup is stunning. I can't put it simpler than that. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. There's none of the brutal, concrete bleakness normally associated with Soviet Russia. Well, there is, but it's on the outskirts, and you can't see it really from the CBD, so it doesn't really count. Instead, mix Edinburgh's city centre castle on the hill and its old and new town vibe with Barcelona's showpiece cathedral and low-key genteel glam. Throw in a shot of Melbourne Cool and even some Brisbane Riverside. Run it through a Russian blender. Add some Islamic splendour and Orthodox Christian charm. Top it off with a twist of ancient Tartar and you get Kazan. There are minarets and domes and towers and steeples and glittering shades of gold and turquoise everywhere. Pre and post revolutionary Russian architecture looks over no pardon me, looks out over North European styling, broken up by elements of more modern buildings like Kazan Arena, where the Socceroos will play France next week. It should be a mishmash, but it all gels wonderfully. There is so much to offer to see. Every time you think you've probably seen the best, you'll turn a corner and find something else that has you reaching for your camera. Throughout the city, final preparations are now being put in place for the World Cup party. But a week out from the first kickoff, and it's fair to say the party has yet to start. There is no buzz yet. I was in a bar tonight watching the England-Costa Rica match and literally not a single person was watching the game apart from me. Not even a glance. There is just no buzz. I feel like the bloke who turned up early at the party and is sitting awkwardly on the couch eating all the olives and dip while the hosts are still getting dressed. And to be fair, I have turned up early, but unfortunately there are no olives or dip. There are a few flags in the lampposts. The Fan Fest site is ready to rock and the stadium has its World Cup colours on and I've even seen a solitary bus with a World Cup paint job. But that's about it. There is one building the city with a giant mural off a volleyball player for Zenit Gazan. By contrast, there is a bus shelter ad for messy selling crisps. One of my cab drivers said he wasn't even interested in the World Cup. He mimed that he likes to play football, but watching him sends him. Watching it sends him to sleep. Seems like participation rates versus fan numbers are a universal theme. I tried to ask him what he felt about NRL and AFL, but I think I lost him at that point. Russian authorities are taking no chances, though. Literally every street corner in the city centre is home to half a dozen police, army or security personnel. Everyone gets their penetrating stare. Any time, day or night, though, I feel totally safe here. But I am Scottish, and we misguidedly think we're safe everywhere. 
Tourist information stalls and pop-up tents have appeared everywhere in the city, and when they are closed at night, every single one of them has a khaki-clad soldier or security guard stationed inside to prevent anyone. And I'm not blaming here, but yes, I think penniless football fans may well be the target market from using it as a free bed for the night. It does kind of seem like a lucrative Airbnb partnership opportunity has been missed there, though. On the upside, Ubers and taxis are dirt cheap. The ride-in from the airport costs just $7.50, and nowhere going nowhere in the city has cost me more than $4. Coffees also cost the same as they do in Sydney, and are actually pretty good, unlike anything you'll get in the UK. There's a cafe near the city centre that does flat whites and long blacks, and it's served by a bloke with a top knop and a beard, who almost certainly was vaping out the back between customers. I mean, really, who even needs Melbourne anymore? They even sell a Rick and Morty-themed wubba-lubba-dub-dub coffee. But language is a huge bar- barrier here, far more than it ever was in Brazil in 2014. Google Translate is a universal babelfish, though. It's a go-to for hotel receptionists, taxi drivers and police. And yes, I've already had a couple of run-ins. Thank you very much. As those of you who follow me on Twitter will know. And if you have the app on your phone, it can even translate menu items in real time using the camera. And try and match the original font. It's literally like magic. Sometimes, though, it's actually simpler than it looks. Coming into Kazan, I saw what I thought was a suburb sign for the Seton area. Then I saw it again and again, and then I realised it was literally just Cyrillic for stop at a junction. The C is S, then T and 0, and the N is actually PI, and pronounced P. It's literally stop in a Russian disguise. But that's where it stops, being simple. See what I did there? Russian language is complex, and our Western tongues are just not used to trying to get around the multi-syllable, multi-consonant words. My my attempts just to say hello leave me sounding like a drunk Scot having a stroke. Which is probably foreshadowing me one day actually being a drunk Scot having a stroke and someone thinking I'm just fluently saying Zadradja. I just want to say privet, which is like hi, but sadly that's apparently far too informal for me to say to strangers. Subtlety is a foreign language, eh? On the rare occasion I do actually pull off a pronunciation, the other person mistakes me for someone who is not an idiot and starts a conversation with me until I remind them that I am indeed an idiot and it all grinds to a halt once more. It's very awkward. For those heading over to Russia this weekend, however, here's a few top tips after having been here for a few days. Kick, push and shove everyone out your way when you get off the plane at Moscow. Go straight to passport control first. Do not pass go. Do not pick up 200 rubles. Don't stop for anything, not even the toilet. The uh, passport control is all done manually here, and you will be stuck in that queue for ages if you don't get there first. Mm, Really. They will check, double check, and triple check every single detail and match you repeatedly against your pick. This is not a quick process. I got lucky and befriended an off-duty Russian air hostie who steered me through that and customs and checking to Kazan painlessly, but be prepared for a lot of paperwork and checking. Everyone takes the job really seriously here and mistakes are simply not allowed. Get a Russian SIM as soon as you can. They can be dirt cheap. I have one with two weeks of unlimited data and 30 minutes of calls. 
not that I'm ever going to be speaking to anyone on the phone while I'm out here because I can't speak Russian. And that cost me a whopping $15. Just remember to take your passport and fan ID or visa and be prepared for a lot of tedious paperwork. This is true of literally everything in Russia. Changing dollars to rubles, paperwork literally in triplicate. Multiple rubber stamps, signatures, the works. It's much easier and simpler to withdraw from an ATM. But always carry some cash. Taxis and some Ubers will only take cash, although PayPass works in most places. And make sure you also have your hotel address printed out on a piece of paper so you can just show the driver any time. Google Maps is your other essential app, along with Translate, which is why a Russian SIM is vital. I didn't have one for the first 18 hours, and I managed to run up a $100 bill in roaming charges from Optus. Thanks for that. You might also want to invest in a month subscription to ExpressVPN and install it all on your devices and turn it on just to safeguard your personal details from prying eyes. It may also help to watch you uh, for you to watch TV from back home too, like Optus, SBS, ABC, maybe. The police can be in your face, but a Louis Theroux-style smile and a handshake and immediately showing your ID has immediately diffused all situations for me so far. That may not last, but at the moment, it's going well. There's a Las Ramblas-style pedestrian area in the city city centre, which is lined with restaurants and cafes and bars and shops, and leads up to the city Kremlin and Mosque, which dominate the city skyline. You will end up here. It also has a craft beer bar called Top Hop, so you may not remember it, though. Take pictures, just in case. And finally... Bring a jumper or a warm jacket. The weather is also very Edinburgh or very Melbourne. It will be beautiful and mild in the sunshine, then suddenly the breeze turns to icy blasts with a sprinkling of actual cold rain. Apparently, there was a tornado here last week, but, you know, whatever. Oh, and finally, finally, don't joke about Putin and stuff like that. It's a tough crowd here, but that's a podcast for another day. Probably after I've left the country. (laughs) In the meantime, uh, look forward to your football. I'm looking forward to seeing some of you here. And uh, I think we're going to have a great time once the party starts. Uh, Tune in uh, in a few more days' time when hopefully I'll have some colleagues and some other people who can't speak Russian either but can speak some relatively fluent English. And uh, we'll uh, have a chat about what life is like in Russia and how the Socceroos are shaping up. Speak to you then. Look forward to seeing you all if you make it out here. Cheers.